Hi, I'm Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Podcast. My guest today is Matt Pierce. Matt has been in dedicated his life to fitness, and after a successful career in fitness he, and running, his own, running gyms, he is now a coach for CEOs who want to create more control and freedom in their lives so they can live the life they were meant to live. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's nice to have you. So why don't we start out by you telling us a little bit about you and your journey through fitness and how you got started. Okay. <laughs> so it's a bit of a funny story. I moved down to Georgia after living in Wyoming and um, a failed relationship pushed me as far from that state as I could uh, to some friends that were down here. Um, and when I came down here, I, I didn't have anything to speak of, really. I was, I was broke. Um, but I wanted to work out and I knew and I had worked out and, and stayed fit before um, and, and in that phase I was trying to regain confidence and energy and all those kind of things again so I wanted to join a gym and um, I reached out to a, a, a gym owner and uh, signed up for one month because that's all I could afford at that time and he knew I was new to the area I'm still looking for work and all that and it wasn't but like a week or two later he called me and asked if I wanted to close the gym for a couple of nights a week uh, for a nominal salary or hourly or whatever it was. It wasn't much of anything, but he said he was going to give me a key to the gym. It's like, well, that's awesome. Now, now I've got the membership thing covered. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, I naturally love talking about fitness with people. And I started uh, inherently kind of making some membership sales, even though I really didn't know what I was doing that much. Um, but I had a passion for fitness, especially as I started feeling better. Um, and then from there, it just became an evolution from that into assistant management um, and then operations management at one point. And the things really turned for me when I was offered the position of being a personal training director for our franchise. And I think at that time we had two, two, two locations. Um, and that one I really appealed to me because I'd been doing membership sales for quite a while. And one of the drawbacks of membership sales is that you can almost guess which people are going to succeed and which aren't right for, for a normal uh, gym membership. Okay. People that need support. And I kind of felt sleazy and slimy, you know, setting people up knowing full well that eh, maybe I have like a month in this thing and they're probably not going to stick with it. And, and it, I didn't like that. It really bothered me. Um, and so I got into personal training instead in, in running our personal training department because I knew I could exact some change on people's lives, right? I can influence change more directly by serving them directly. And we, we had a, a, a kind of broken personal training program and I was able to build that up and build up the staff and the clientele and of course the sales numbers and we replicated that between multiple locations. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where, where things really turned for me. Now, in about 2008 though, when the economy crashed, we had started a new facility. Um, there was a lot of overhead there. There just the, the, the bottom dropped out and people weren't signing up for memberships in droves like, like they had been before. And I lost my job at that time. And we had a, our brand new baby, my, my oldest son, Liam. He was only like four months old when I lost my job. So no job, new baby, you know, down economy. What am I going to do with my life kind of thing? Mm -hmm. And I had already been into CrossFit as it was and saw the opportunity to be able to potentially start my own gym. So I like that. I like the idea of not only being a business owner, but that now I can really uh, 
command change, right? I, I am the one that sets the, the protocol, the ability to really serve people because I'm the one that's, that's coming up with the policies and the direction of the company. Mm-hmm. And so from there, that's history. 10 years later, uh, sold the gym and now I'm doing what I'm doing now. Awesome. And um, I was one of your members at CrossFit. And yes, you were. I can attest to the quality of your service. And one of the things that really impressed me is how much you um, concentrated on safety and doing things correctly and mastering things. And mastery is one of the things that's really important to me. And, um, and, and now, you know, you've mastered running businesses, you're, you're master in, in fitness. And um, I think people really appreciated that. And the other thing that you didn't really mention is that um, the people who have come to at least CrossFit, because I've been, I was involved for many years, is the family that you created there. The feeling right. of, of being needed and wanted and that um, when people came there, they weren't just going to sign up for a membership and not come because I know you guys were calling us when we didn't come. <laughs> and when we Absolutely. were there, um, you and the other coaches were making sure that we were doing things correctly and that we were actually getting results. And um, just wanted to say, I really appreciated that. And, and that says a lot about you as a person, your authenticity, your integrity. Um, Thank you. So I just wanted to say that I appreciated that. Um, Thank you. So what is it about fitness and getting into fitness and creating all of that, that, that gave you the most fulfillment? What gave you personally the most fulfillment? It really just comes down to serving and having an impact in people's lives. I'm a firm believer in that we need purpose to our life and that's different for everybody. Uh, I was actually funny enough. I was watching a Gary V video this morning Uh and it was a better take on things than some of the ones that I watch at his some of his I'm just like I'm over your your hustle kind of mentality Uh this one was essentially talking about how his purpose was in the process he enjoyed working because he enjoyed the process of it and that was him this other guy was kind of challenging him about Uh you know that you need profitability and money and all these kind of things and he was basically saying that it's not necessarily money, it's, it's your purpose, is what the deeper message of his video was saying. And I totally agree with that. And I, I'm not a just coin-driven person. I have never been that way. I'm a purpose. And, you know, legacy, I think, is part of that piece of it as well. Uh, I, I want to, I guess, eventually leave this world having had an impact on people's lives and having made some sort of difference, you know. Uh, I think everything, in my opinion, needs to drive from that intention for, for most people to feel fulfilled mm-hmm. um, paying the bills. And it's different for everybody. And I can't make that broad general statement for everybody, but as I talk to more people and I see how a lot of people are very unfulfilled, a lot of it is because their priorities are, are focused more on the coin end of stuff. And, and really it's, it's not giving them that fulfillment in their day to day. Now mm-hmm. it does provide them means to take care of their family and maybe that's part of their fulfillment. But on their day-to-day grind of their work, they're just like, oh, gosh, this is, this is all I meant for kind of thing, you know? And that's, mm-hmm. that can be a sad existence if that's something that you, you don't want to tolerate, you know? So, yeah, that's what's that's driven me to that, that end, the fitness world. Okay. And I, I also wanted to ask you, um, you know, being a coach for so many years and working with so many people, 
um, talk a little bit about commitment versus motivation versus um, oh what makes people successful. <laughs> Some people are successful. They go to the gym and they get results and then, uh, you know, they change their lifestyle and then others don't. What, what are your thoughts on that? That's a, that's a layered question right there. It that's is. a tough one. Now, I will say that at the very front end of everything, everybody's, again, comes down to purpose. What is your why? Why are you doing anything? Whatever, whether it's to start a new career, um, start a new family, get married, you know, whatever it is, what's your purpose behind it? What's your driving force behind that? Um, if you want to fix your marriage, you know, that's one of those conversation pieces too. Why? Why, why is it that important? You could just you know, get a divorce and be done with it kind of thing. So there always has to be a purpose and driver behind it. And it needs to be a deep emotional reason for that. And that's the problem is that we come into fitness and we're like, I just, you know, for vanity purposes, we want to have a six pack or I want to look like the Instagram model or whatever it may be. And it's such a shallow goal, even though it's still a goal, it's such a shallow goal and it only goes so far. But when we dig down deeper into the deeper emotional recesses of our why, that's the driver for us. And, and when you work with clients long enough and you, you go really deep with them and you finally hit that, that emotional button of theirs and you're able to connect with that and they're able to connect with that and use that, that's the motivator. Because the motivator isn't just, I want to look better for my, you know, the 10 year anniversary, 20 year anniversary, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's because there's maybe some potential deeper insecurities that came from things in childhood stuff. And, and those are the motivating factors or, um, you know, self-image or, or, or just feeling better about oneself in general come from deeper, deeper factors, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you get layers and layers deeper, that's where the motivation can come from. You know, and it's not for everybody on that. Some people mm -hmm. just are so embodied with understanding the value of being fit and they have convinced themselves to say, this is important to me. And it's just important to me because, well, again, there's a deeper why. Because I want to be here for my kids long term. I want to perform well at work. I want to enjoy life and be able to do things on vacation. You know, like, so they prioritize it, again, from a why. You know, but they've trained themselves, obviously, as well, too. That's not a motivation factor. It's a habitual factor more than anything else. And that makes yeah. total sense to me because... Um I know personally, I've always been active, so I know I'll always go do something. It might change what I'm yeah. doing, but I will always do something. And um, I, I learned something uh, from NLP once where um, they were working with people who smoke, and they said, why do people smoke? It's because they're a smoker. Why do people <laughs> exercise and eat right? People exercise because they're an exerciser. They're, they're into fitness. That's who they are. So hmm. become. So you're speaking more to the identity of somebody, right? Right. To, to right. You do what you are. But so, it, um, along with that, I just wanted to ask a little bit about um, uh, setting personal and professional um, boundaries, goals. Yeah, hmm. that's huge. That is huge, especially for business owners. I'll, I'll say, and I, I'm speaking to them because that's who I enjoy serving the most, and I feel like I identify with the most as it is, you know, and it's a hard lesson to learn a lot of times. And I didn't learn that lesson until probably, gosh, how old is Liam when we moved? I think, well, Emory, we've been, we've been about four years old. So about four years into the business, maybe five, 
is when I really started, it started dawning on me, I've had to create more boundaries, right? Um, because the, the monster that was the business that was continuing to grow um, was pulling me in every direction. And I was losing the ability to do the things that I needed for myself to some degree. Mm -hmm. And then the ability to do the things that I did best that I enjoyed doing the most. Mm -hmm. And I was just pulled every direction doing all manner of things, putting fires out constantly on things and not creating personal and professional boundaries of, hey, this is where, this is what I do. This is where I serve you, right? If you need these little things, that goes over to here, right? Yes. And I had to learn those things, but I also had to learn it on a personal end, meaning my weekends are, are my weekends. You know, that's my time for either me, that's time for my kids. There's a certain time each night that I shut down from work. There's also a time, there's a certain time that I, I have to get my workouts and, and do my normal regimen in the morning with the kids. And then I start work at a particular time, as opposed to, it was as soon as I was up, right? It was go and yeah. did not stop thinking about work until it, I, my, my head hit the pillow. And I think that's so very common. Just people are adding more and more things into their lives all the time. And they're saying yes to everything, which can be good in some ways because they're giving to others and they feel like they're giving to others. Um, but what they're doing is they're also retracting away from themselves, which then depletes themselves and keeps them from actually performing well for others. And I think that's a hard thing for people to understand. It's I need to continue doing more, doing more for others, doing more because that's, that's going to, I'm being a good person because I'm helping others and I'm lazy if I'm doing only things for myself. And there's that guilt if I'm doing things for myself when in all reality, when we take care of ourselves, we are able to perform better for others. We can be more present. We can be more involved than just running ragged. I mean, you can work 14 hours a day at 50% capacity or you can work eight hours a day at 100, right? You, you can get a heck of a lot more done in a shorter period of time when you are practicing your own level of self-care and creating boundaries um, so that you can take care of yourself. And again, by taking care of yourself, you're taking care of others as well. Got it. And when you're working with um, business owners, how do you apply this to them? It's different for everybody in there. I mean, a lot of it first comes from, I also delve into the why to begin with too. And what is your ideal life? Let's talk about what really you're, you're hoping to accomplish with this person. Let's create the vision and picture of what is ideal for you first. Because again, that could be different. Somebody may really enjoy their work and maybe they don't have kids, you know, so maybe they're okay working 12, 14 hours a day and they find a ton of reward with that. As opposed to somebody like myself with, multiple kids and marriage and all that. I'm not at the point where I want to work 14 hour days. Mm -hmm. um, my whys are different in this phase of life too at 42 as opposed to when I was in my thirties, you know? Mm -hmm. So it does first start with understanding people's purpose, their why behind it and what their ideal situation looks like. Okay. Um, from there, it's an assessment of it. It's really looking at the details of it. When do you get up? You know, when do you start work? What do you start with first? Are you opening up your phone and, and going through emails first? How are you prioritizing your day? And what tasks are you spending the most time on as opposed to yeah, are they are they good? Are they moving your business forward? Mm -hmm. Or are they catching you down in the mud and you're just spinning your wheels going nowhere because you're you're putting together, you're wasting time on a logo design instead of uh -huh. you know going out and networking and talking to people about your service or your product or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um that's, that's we can get caught in that trap as business owners because being busy means that we're being productive and that's not necessarily the case. You know, you want to, you want to 
put your priorities in place so that you're doing things that are constantly going to be improving your business or, or moving it forward instead of being stuck in the little minutia of things, you know? And again, so that's different. So the plan in place comes from there. It's, it's find the lowest hanging fruit first, right? What are the small habitual changes that you can make in your lifestyle factors that are going to yield to the greatest return in all areas, in your personal life as well as your business? And it can be some simple things as, as far as like, when do you get up? When do you go to bed? What's your sleep quality like? Are you prioritizing some sort of wellness and exercise within your day so that you are more energetic, so that you do have better mental clarity, so you are showing up more present for things? And then, again, it's, it's systemizing kind of your priorities within your day to make sure that you're not stuck in doing the silly things that you don't need to be spending your time on. Okay? So it's very unique for everybody. And again, um, like we were doing before the call, uh, everybody's on a different journey within owning their business, too. So um, it's it's not a cookie cutter. Oh, here's the five step process to to success. You know, it just doesn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. you no, know? yeah. so it needs to be individualized, just like fitness and health does. Should be individualized as well. Yeah. And when you were talking um, a minute ago about um, tasks and just being busy as opposed to actually getting things done, or you know, <laughs> I know there's people that they can like. Um, organize things and organize things to the point where they never go, they never oh, yeah. launch. <laughs> Just talk a little bit about yeah. actually getting out there and doing something. Does it have to be perfect? Um, oh gosh, no. So we, we used to have a saying that I would say to my, my staff, um, done is better than perfect. And in most cases that, that holds true. Now when you're, writing something that's going to be publicized somewhere you want to make sure that <laughs> your punctuation is right and your grammar is right and all that because so many people are going to see those things but we do we get so bogged down in making the, you know the right color font all the way through and the you know perfect spacing on everything and you know let's let's make sure that the presentation is perfect with it when a lot of times it's just a matter of getting the content out there so you can move forward um, and you will never be perfect it's never going to be perfect. And here's the other thing that I've noticed over the years too. I'll spend time, considerable time on making something as perfect as I think it is. And then somebody will come back to me and go, Hey, you know, you could have done this better this way or that. <laughs> so you're like, why did I even spend that time on it? Right. So I would rather have the impact of movement than have, have no impact at all because you're just stuck in the mud. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah, or even just fell forward. I've heard of fell forward. So if you do yeah. it right the first time, you just do it again. Absolutely. So you get it right. I'm a big fan of failure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so um, tell me about how you balance your business life with your family life um, now, because you, you were running a gym but now you're working with CEOs of small businesses and um, you have to organize your time also. And you have um, a big family now, <laughs> three kids and dog and wife. And tell me how you, how do you do that so that you feel fulfilled? You can actually get your business done, do what you need to do. And um, you know, how do you, schedule your time with your family? How do you do that? That's a great question. And it has been a learning curve working from home instead. And my wife works from home as well. Mm -hmm. So there's that constant, 
you know, potential for conversation and for, you know, hanging out instead of getting something done. Um, but over enough time of doing this, you, you start setting yourself into a, a mode of this is when I start and these are the tasks that I'm going to do. I actually use one of the tools I use is called Workflowy. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, and I found that out about two weeks ago. And it's nice. For me, I'm a, I'm a list kind of person. Um, and that, I'm not as regulated by a schedule as I like to have tasks, right? And so that's another part of it is how does somebody prefer to function? Do they like to have a calendar? And I think calendars are good to an end, but it's, at some point you can't, you're going to have conflicts. 15 minutes might go over on one thing or something comes up and now everything's out of whack. Whereas on a task list, a prioritized task list, you're able to knock out the most important things first and then you have secondary and tertiary and you have all these different little things. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as family life goes, it's the boundary stuff. For me, the mornings are sacred for mm-hmm. taking care of the kids, getting them soon to be off to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, summer always throws a wrench in everything too, because schedules are always off on that. Right. And then making that time for, for exercise and breakfast, you know, for example, is the first part of it. So mm-hmm. for me, it's really, I don't start work a lot of times till the nine, nine thirty range because there's all those other things that I want to accomplish first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part of it is I think that it's not always that you have to have scheduled time with somebody say, Hey, son, this is our hour together, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. It's also maximizing that time and just not being on your phone or not being distracted by other things mm-hmm. while, while you're with them. It doesn't have to always be scheduled, but when you find that opportunity or when you make that opportunity and when it happens, be there, be present. Just don't be distracted by all other manners of things mm-hmm. um, and shut down from work and shut down from outside things and focus on your time with that person. So, I mean, I've read a number of things. It's not how much time you spend with your kids. It's the quality of time that you spend with them. Um, we have a good situation with my my wife and one benefits of uh, being divorced <laughs> <laughs> and then remarried is that we've got a schedule with the kids. And there's times when they're, the boys are with their mom and when uh-huh. Isabella is with, with her dad. And right. so we actually have weekends every now and then, which are just our weekends. So oh, nice. we, we <laughs> have to even schedule it because it's already on the schedule you know so for us we have a unique situation there but for others you you have to schedule those things and actually I was I was going to mention to my wife we haven't gone on like a date for a little bit I was going to suggest that we did that um Friday night we just haven't done that for a while just Mm -hmm. been busy with the move and new jobs and school or not school summertime activities and all that stuff we haven't really done anything official you know, drive down to Atlanta and do something just for ourselves kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it was actually, it's funny before this call, I was like, I, I'm going to suggest that to her. Mm-hmm. So don't go live with this just yet. Cause you'll watch it. And I, okay. don't, <laughs> I want you to spoil the surprise. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. Okay. And um, so if you were going to give your 20 year old, 20 year old self, advice right now looking back in in your own eyes back to you at 20 what would you tell him you know i'm a big firm believer in failure and i don't think that i would have been to the point that i've I've gotten in my career without having the experiences that i've had Mm -hmm. and so as a result of that what would i tell him 
probably not a whole lot. Like you're, other than live how you think you're going to live and it'll turn out well for you in the long run. You know, your whatever path you're on is going to lead you to where you're going. So regardless, um, you know, you might do things like, yeah, you think back, you're like, well, invest in Amazon or something, you know, <laughs> but then that would change the direction of it all. And those right. lessons that, that were hard fought lessons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, if I wouldn't have gone through the divorce, I wouldn't have appreciated the, my wife now, you know, I wouldn't have been in a place to, to care for her and love her and prioritize her had I not had the experience that I had with my first marriage and, and the, ultimately the divorce of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so challenges create um, character and um, yeah. And I was um, looking at your Facebook and noticing that, you know, you had, uh, you've had some challenges um, physically uh, like oh, yeah. surgery and everything. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how we overcome that and kind of, I, I know is um, someone in my second phase of life, that my body does not do what it used to. And it can be very frustrating. Right. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is a truth. And, and I remember when I was in my 2030s, you know, um, talking to clients or potential clients, gym members that were in their 40s or 50s, they always tell me, oh, you wait till you're 40, everything changes. And I was lucky that like 40 wasn't really it, but 41 was. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, I had had significant issues with my knees for uh, years and I'd put them off and finally I was able to have a surgery and it's tough. Mentally, it's really tough, especially when um, your identity, like we were talking about, is very much in your physical being, being a good athlete, being fit. And when you become more limited on some of the things that you can do, then you lose some of that identity, you know, so you almost have to reinvent a new identity to some degree within the new paradigm. Mm-hmm. So it's it, challenging. And then, you know, I, I generally live with pain every day to some degree, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some days are better than the other. And, and it's being able to stay positive throughout all that. Now, mind you, people have way worse conditions than I have and way more pain in their health than I do. But I, I can imagine that, uh, you know, people with worse scenarios than I do, it's gotta be very challenging because it's challenging enough to have the aches and pains that I have, you know, you wake up every morning. It's like, all right, what's, it's not working today. <laughs> a bit of a crapshoot. And, uh, you know, you get moving and it improves, take a shower and things improve, you exercise and it gets a little better, you know? And, um, but yeah, it, it is, it's very mentally challenging to, to have physical capabilities and then not, and then try to regain those again knowing full well that you're not going to be at the end, you're probably not going to be close to what you were prior to it, you know? Um, But you forge on. And and again, if you prioritize the the process and the habit and what it's going to mean for your life in totality, Mm -hmm. there's always solutions to it. There's, you know, health isn't linear. It's not just one direction. There's going to be ups and downs like anything else in life. And there's Mm -hmm. obstacles get placed in front of you and you have to move around them or you have to conquer them somehow or another. Same thing with all other life stuff. That's why I've always said fitness is such an analogy to life in yeah. general. You can relate so many things in somebody's fitness journey to life journeys. Because yeah. um, you, you do. You go through a lot of the same mental struggles, physical struggles um, that you do in, in life. And there's so many of those ups and downs and lessons that come from it. So, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, thanks. And um, yeah. so was there a time in your journey when you had an aha moment? Like, oh, this is, yeah. Oh, yeah. About that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this has been one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I would say probably five years ago, it started hitting me home, hitting home a lot more for me that no matter how excellent the nutrition plan, how superior the fitness program, you know, it's going to, you know, scientifically, you can do all the data and if you follow the plan, it will elicit the, the greatest performance and the greatest aesthetics and the greatest well-being on the planet, right? It's, it's you know, a, a plan from God, for Christ's sakes, right? You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. the perfect plan, you know? If people don't have the space to accept change in their life or they just hate it, hate the plan, then they're not going to be successful with it. And that's a big deal for me from where I came from, because I would say it was pretty hardline zealot with my methodology and my approach. Like, this is it. This is the plan. This is the superior plan. And it became you preaching to people and trying to convince them that it was the best plan for them. Mm -hmm. And you pushed them away a lot of times, you know. Um, and I've come full circle with that. It's, you know, the best plan for anybody is the one that they stick to. It's the one that they enjoy doing the most. And that can be yoga, it can be a vegan diet, keto, paleo, OMAD, whatever it is, it's out there, South Beach, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, if you do it, my big thing now is if you, if that's what you like to do, then do it well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it, that's the bigger problem too is, oh, well, I'm, I'm vegan, but I end up not eating vegan half the time. Well, you're not really vegan then. So yeah. like, <laughs> if you're going <laughs> to tag on to you're going to tag on to one thing, then just do it. Do it really well, you know. Um, and exercise doesn't have to be linear there either. You might do yoga for two years, and then you want to go CrossFit for six months, and then you want to do hiking for a couple years as your exercise. Let it be that way. As long as you're doing something and you, like I said, and you enjoy it and stick to it, then it doesn't matter which plan it is. Because the best plan done at 20% is still a failure, right? You know, right. It, it just it's not going to improve your life that much, you know? So that's really been the epiphany. I mean, for five years, it was just creating plans, trying to drive people to a greater understanding of the superiority of a plan and why it's so much healthier for you. And then just them not succeeding. And there was a whole lot of internal failure that I felt with that. Like, why, why are people again? I must not be a very good coach if I'm not, you know, convincing them or encouraging them to make these changes for themselves and finally, you know, over enough time, it dawned on me. It was like, well, it's not the thing for them. You know, they, they need to find a thing that is best for their life, their lifestyle, their time, you know, where they, they enjoy it and they'll stick to it. So that's the biggest epiphany. And, and that's where I coach from now, from that perspective, um, instead of driving home a particular agenda or a philosophy. And that makes total sense because I know – the, the things that worked for me in 20s and 30s don't work for me now. So <laughs> to be open to changing and going with the flow, like you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So um, what's the best advice you can give for living a life of happiness and fulfillment? Um, definitely boundaries. That's one of the things that we've already talked about, so I won't beat a dead horse with that. Mm -hmm. Taking time for yourself so that you can take 
have the opportunity to take care of others at a, at a high level. Um, it's one of the bigger keys I see for most is, is taking on too much and not giving themselves enough opportunity for themselves to, to grow individually and, and optimize themselves. And one of the things I, I talk about a lot, I use this analogy, this metaphor about a bag. And I see people just putting too much into their bag and it weighs them down. You know, um, I was in the military and in the military, right. You, you're going to be marching for miles and miles and miles and miles. Well, what do you bring in that bag? You bring only the essentials, the things that you need, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and any space that you can create in there lightens your load. But the problem is, is we're in this society again, where it's just all about, we need to, throw as much stuff in there. And if we're constantly doing and working really hard and just we're, we're always busy, then that means that we're, we're doing things right. But it's not, you don't you need to have space in there. You need to have room in that bag. You need to lighten your load to create an opportunity for, for fulfillment to some degree in there, you know, but that's also to handle the various stresses that come in. You know, if your bag's already full mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you get a flat tire. It's like the world, the end of the world, right? You're like, oh, I'm so stressed. All these things that I've got going on. And now look, this, this tire, right? Oh, my life sucks. Right. You know, <laughs> but when you have space in there and you allow for room for those things to come in, it's just another thing that happens. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always think of like stubbing your toe when you've had a bad day, you woke up in a bad mood, you're stressed out, work's bothering you, yada, yada, yada. And then you nail your toe on the corner man, it's just like amplified. Everything in the world is just blown up on you now at this point. Uh, everything's falling apart about you know, around you. Um, but fulfillment's also in, in spending time and, and having strong relationships and, and putting effort into your relationships as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people miss that, especially with their marriage, and I know I did that to some degree in my first marriage. Um, you know, I do, my wife and I, we do counseling every single month and we do it religiously twice a, twice a month. Um, and we have some times where we can only come once, but we, we've done it now for quite some time. And whether we have a problem or not, we go mm-hmm. and it's an investment in us. It's an investment in our marriage. And I think a lot of people certainly miss that piece of it, you know, as I know uh, I, I did too, to some degree in my first marriage as well. So, um, that's part of fulfillment spending quality time with your kids, obviously too. Um, and I have a strong opinion on that and I'll probably bother some people with this, but just sitting there on the bleachers, watching your kid play a sport is not necessarily, in my opinion, quality time. With them. Yes. You know, it's cool that you're taking them to things and you're doing things with, and they're experiencing that piece of it. But what time are you actually really dedicating where you're talking to them and you're sitting down with them and uh, doing something that they enjoy doing with them, yeah. you know? Um, if it's baseball, you know, I think they will remember you playing catch with them outside as a bigger piece and to some degree than the, the massive season that they played while you're sitting on the bleacher. You know, that's my opinion. So okay. not everybody agrees with me on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense to me. So um, how has um, going to these um, therapy sessions with your wife, how has that opened up your communication when you're not at the therapy sessions? Like how, what have you learned from that about communication? <laughs> I know so many people that are living in the same house, they see each other, but they don't talk. <laughs> they, they actually don't really talk much or they don't talk about things that are important. 
has it helped you in deepening your relationship as far as opening up that communication? Absolutely. And it's still a work in progress. I would say the communication piece in general is still the most challenging piece of it all. Um, it's being able to, it's, it's so different than like managing a business, right? You know, when you, when you manage a business, you still have to temper things, but you still can kind of mandate to some degree as well, right? You know, I mean, you still have to consider the person, but um, there's a different role and responsibility um, and relationship there. It's not, not how a marriage works, right? So um, you have all those emotions, you have all the past histories, all the arguments, all the things that you thought you've overcome, but still end up popping up again that are brought into every conversation, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So it is, it's a, it's still work. And I'm not going to say that like it's at a point where it's like, Oh, everything's just perfectly better. Um, but we have certainly created much more of one, the investments there. So we, we obviously know that we are both um, invested in making this a success and two, um, we have an outlet to work with somebody where we can help, they can help us navigate those communication pieces. And yes, we have made improvements on our communication at home as well too, but it's, it's still something that we have not mastered hundred percent yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still part of the journey. Right. So. Yeah. It's so important to feel heard, especially by people that you love. So um, yeah. you don't always hear of everyone doing, being that committed to counseling and doing that to, to, keep a marriage together. I think it's awesome. It's really awesome. Thank you. Thank so, you. Um, I what, hope that, uh-huh, go ahead. you know, I'm sorry. I hope that for everybody really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it does. It does take work and it's never going to be perfect. And um, I think a lot of people think that that's, especially when you're a young couple, you got the, the fairy tale kind of conception and it's just not the reality of it all, you know? Let's take effort, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it does. And people are people, not businesses or cars. <laughs> That's what I say. People aren't cars. <laughs> you That's never true. know what you're going to get. That's but, right. And um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what you're doing now. So you've, you know, you, you've been, you've run gyms, you've had a CrossFit company, you sold your company. Tell me what you're doing now and how you're serving people with what you're doing now? Yeah, I, I primarily work with small business owners, the CEOs, you know, these geek up calling them CEOs, but small business owners mm-hmm. um, to help remove overwhelm and stress by essentially giving them success habits and removing those and creating those boundaries like, like we talked about. And a lot of it is through self-care practices. Mm-hmm. But prioritizing, learning how to prioritize, learning how to create those boundaries for themselves, uh, having a healthier life and healthier lifestyle habits so that they can perform better personally and obviously for their business too. So it's really a lot of restructuring of habits. It's a lot of looking at their the structure of their life as it is and optimizing it. Mm-hmm. And again, with, it's unique for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so you have a business owner who's been running a business and let's say the business is his whole life and his family is complaining or his, his health is suffering. And his excuse is if I stop my return on investment, what I make, the money I make is going to go down. What would you say to that person? <laughs> says, no, if I stop doing this, I'm not going to get the money I, I, you know, 
I'm not going to make as much money. What, what would you tell them? Uh, again, that's a, a layered process with it. It's again, what is it, what you're hoping to accomplish? What's missing in your life? You know, obviously there's the family issues in there. Um, what do you, what do you want to accomplish? Right? What's your why? What's your purpose? What's your vision? Right? Mm -hmm. From there, then you can start analyzing where the opportunities are with it. And I remember even as a small business owner, I thought the same thing. I was not bringing a ton home for myself to begin with and just thinking, man, I can't, can't afford to bring somebody else on. But what I ended up finding out was by doing so and removing certain pieces from my day to day, I was able to focus on the things that were more revenue producing or service driven. And as of which the company was able to take steps forward. And there's always those different little benchmarks within everybody's business. Now I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a business coach per se, where I'm going to be creating all the systems and so on and so forth, but I can definitely analyze and problem solve to see where the opportunities could be. You know, are you the ones putting out all the fires? Do you have somebody that can take care of those processes for you to free you up so that you can do the things that are going to help the company move forward more? You know, and, and the way I looked at it was, you know, say it was just, I don't know, I'm going to throw out an arbitrary numbers. Say it was a thousand dollars a month that I, I was going to hire for somebody to do some, uh, you know, office work, if you will, you know, but that saved me an hour a day. Could I recoup that an hour a day at that thousand dollars by extra time and less stress for an hour a day? Absolutely. I'd at least break even on that, if not three times, four times that, that number, because I wasn't dealing with emails or the website being down or contacting uh, the landlord because something was broken at the facility or whatever it is, you know? Um, so it's talking to that business owner and again, seeing where those opportunities are and what it is with their vision is. But um, again, trying to, trying to map out what's going to give them the greatest return on their investment from other habitual changes and then give them most balance in their life so that they can enjoy their business instead of it becoming this monster that destroys them and destroys their family and their relationships. I think it's a common, common theme that I've been hearing from a lot of business owners that that's what happens. They put so much into that thing that they lose their health and they lose their relationships and it snowballs out of it. So return on investment, maybe you don't necessarily make as much money on it, but your marriage is better. You know, your kids love you. You know, they always love you, but they, they, you have more time with them. Mm -hmm. You're, you're healthier and you know, you're going to be around for the next 10 years because you're not going to die from a heart attack. Right. So mm -hmm. is that return on investment necessarily going to mean that you're going to make more money from it? No, but you may have more happiness, less stress. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think we all want that deep down inside. Yeah. So, so if people wanted to um, contact you, what's the best way to contact you? Um, I have an email address. Um, it's matt at p5-fitness.com or they can contact me by phone 770-633-4111. Those two best ways to get in touch with me. Great. Well, thank you so much, Matt. This is, the, this is Matt Pierce. So uh, make sure and write down his phone number and email. And if you're a small business owner, um, he's the guy for you. He can help you balance life and business and make a lot of money too. Um, thank you so much, Matt, for being on today. Thanks, Kim. It was my pleasure. Thank uh, you. Bye-bye. Uh -huh.